Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The city of St. Louis has a total of 138 local taxing districts. These are places where tax is assessed beyond the usual rate, and the extra money goes into funds that are controlled by outside entities. They're called special business districts, transportation development districts, and community improvement districts. And yeah, the details of what makes each one what it is can be complicated. But this much is universally true. They're getting tax dollars. And they've sent tax rates soaring. In parts of the city with two overlapping districts, and yes, that does happen, the sales tax rate is now 11.679%. That's the highest in the state. Missouri State Auditor Nicole Galloway released a report last month that was sharply critical of these districts in the city of St. Louis, and she's here today to discuss it with us. Auditor Galloway, welcome to the program. Thank you. So tell me if this is a fair summary of your report. Local taxing districts are being created left and right in St. Louis without any strategic planning as to where. The city hasn't been following state law in their creation, and once they're on the books, no one is monitoring them. Is that accurate? I would say so, yes. We, uh, just to, to take a step back, we are conducting a comprehensive audit of the city of St. Louis. And the reason that we're here in the city doing the audit is because the Board of Aldermen requested a deep dive into how the city is conducting its business. Um, and we uh, met with citizens, concerned citizens throughout the city, and asked them, why do you want this audit? What are you interested in? And one of the top issues that we heard was uh, questions around how the city handles tax incentives and the special taxing districts. Uh, so this is one of the first things that we wanted to dive into. And you mentioned these tax incentives. Um, that's going to be a separate study looking at those um, different than these particular districts. Once we started to dive into special taxing districts, tax abatements, and TIFs and other incentives, we realized that we needed to break this out into three separate reports uh, because it is complicated. Uh, there's a lot to understand uh, for uh, somebody that's going to use the report to actually create change and communicate to that, that to the public. But also there were a lot of findings uh, between those three reports. And so the first one that we, rele we released is how the city looks at, monitors, approves these special taxing districts, which um, uh, charge sales tax within the city of St. Louis. And so you're not auditing these districts. You're auditing how the city is managing these districts. In the past, we have done audits of individual taxing districts, whether it be CIDs, community improvement districts, or TDDs, transportation development districts. But we're taking a different look here uh, at how the city is monitoring these taxing districts because they're the only public entity, the only body that can vet these projects on the front end before they are set up. This is the only chance in the process for taxpayers to have some accountability uh, when it comes to these districts that oftentimes can be set up into perpetuity and charge sales tax into perpetuity with no oversight. Um, so we wanted to see how the city was doing when it came to these special taxing districts. And so how much money are we talking about overall? We mentioned there are 138 of these. Is this millions of dollars? Uh, it is millions of dollars. In total, uh, it's about $14 million that is collected every year between CIDs, 
TDDs, and uh, special business districts. And just one example for our listeners. So Ballpark Village is one of these districts. And I saw in your report they collected an extra $303,000 in the last fiscal year in tax dollars. So where is that coming from? And then who ends up getting that money? So in these taxing districts, uh, it's sales tax. So when you go and, and you pay for things, you are charged an additional sales tax. And what happens is um, these taxing districts can be set up by property owners or developers. And oftentimes, they're the ones that also control the boards. Uh, and so the folks that are collecting the sales tax with little oversight get to make all the decisions on how that tax dollar, how those tax dollars are spent. And when CIDs are set up, the purposes can be so vague general improvements of the district. And so there's really no understanding sometimes of how this money is spent uh, because the purposes are so vague and not well-defined. We want the city to do vetting of these uh, special taxing districts on the front end so taxpayers are protected as their own money is collected and then spent. Do you have a question or comment for Auditor Nicole Galloway on this topic? Or later in the show, we'll also talk about some other topics. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, the city did respond to your audit. They had a three-page letter. Um, and just to be nice to our listeners, I'm not going to read the entire thing on the air. But they did allege that the report contains, quote, false conclusions. In one case, they note that you failed in three ways. They say, one, you didn't take into account the, quote, economic and political differences among various local taxing districts and their corresponding projects. They say, two, you've discounted the economic modeling analysis performed by the St. Louis Development Corporation. And three, they say you ignore the role of the public, the affected residents and property owners, and the city's elected board of aldermen in planning for and implementing local tax districts. Now, I know that you had some responses to their letter, but let's talk about number three. Do you get the sense that these districts are being planned by the aldermen in a proactive way and, and that that's playing that role of oversight that the city says it is? I, I do not get that sense um, because we heard from aldermen who are concerned about the use of special taxing districts. Um, and right now what the city does is look to see are the basic bare minimum uh, requirements under the law met. And they're not taking that extra step to protect taxpayers and saying, is this a valid project? Should this be set up in the first place before they start increasing uh, sales tax on their residents? And these uh, these taxing districts, as you mentioned previously, are layered on top of each other. There are 25 layered taxing districts, meaning that you have some of the highest sales taxes in the state, in the city of St. Louis, uh, and taxpayers don't have the, uh, the, the appropriate measure of accountability when it comes to these districts. You know, in the city responses, I was disappointed um, that they did not, uh, they were not willing to change. They were not willing to adapt their practices uh, and were resistant to that change. Uh, because when it comes down to it, these are public dollars. These are public entities. Uh, there needs to be transparency and accountability, just as we would demand in any other public body, any other government at the state level, at the local level. These are public bodies, too. And this is not the city's money. 
It is taxpayer money, uh, and it should be protected. Now, you note that many of these taxing district boards don't include anybody independent of the developer or the property owner who's benefiting from them. What could the city do going forward to, to change that practice? The city does have the ability to influence these boards. They have not appointed uh, advisors to CID boards as they are allowed to. Um, they could uh, create um TDD boards that are not totally controlled by the developer and have an independent uh, person on these boards. Uh, so there is someone besides those that benefit the most from these tax dollars on the board vetting the projects and having a say. So the city would have the ability to say you have to compose this in a different way. They do have the ability on the front end to uh, ensure that these taxing districts are meeting a public benefit or a public need and not just tax dollars coming into a private property owner's pocket and then going right out. Let's talk about one egregious example from this report. This is the Washington Avenue Transportation Development District. And according to this audit, in exchange for the tax revenue they're collecting, they're supposed to provide parking to the city. And instead, you write in the audit that they're leasing the spaces to the residents of their own apartment building. You write that the city has known about this since 2014. Um, First of all, any response to you bringing this up again? This is an example of an abuse of transportation development districts. When a private property owner can draw lines around a parcel of land and just start charging sales tax uh, in the name of, uh, of improvements, but yet not doing anything with that money to actually improve the property for the public good. Uh, there's a, a parking lot that exists. They're charging sales tax through the TDD for the parking lot, but then also charging people to park on the parking lot. They're basically double dipping and all those funds are going to those property uh, those uh, property owners or private developers. When you pay your taxes, that is not what you think you're going to be spending your money on, right? You want public improvements. Taxpayers want a return on their investment, and this is inappropriate, and something needs to be done about it. So with an example like this, with this parking lot, and we can speak hypothetically mm-hmm. if, if that makes you more comfortable, what could the city be doing um, if the purpose has skewed to the point that it's not even the purpose that they originally said? Can they take action and, and get involved with the, the running of a district like this? Yes, they can get involved. Uh, with this. And we have passed this on to uh, law enforcement uh, to see if there is some additional things that can be done. Um, You know, when these taxing districts are set up, as I said, oftentimes they're set specifically so there are no voters, no outside individuals within the back within the bounds of the special taxing district. So property owners get to control everything. Uh, No bidding. Uh, and no bidding of contracts, which is crazy. You know, in in uh, in the city of St. Louis and other aspects uh, in St. Louis County, you want competitive building bidding on how tax dollars are being spent, and yet that is not happening. I mean, it's just ripe with con- conflicts of interest that are at the expense of the taxpayers in this city. You mentioned uh, turning things over to law enforcement, and and just to clarify, do you mean specifically in this parking lot case that we're talking about? That's something you forwarded. Yes, in regards to the Washington Avenue TDD. Okay, mm-hmm. so there might be some action on that. Um, tell me this: once these districts are formed. Um, what would have to happen for them to go away? <laughs> well, unfortunately, some are have been created to charge sales tax in perpetuity. That's why it is so important on the front end 
that elected representatives, uh, which in this case would be the city of St. Louis, vet these projects and have some say. Okay, so some we, will just go on and on. Right, right. Some have to be approved. Uh, they're set up to be approved every so often, every 20 years or 30 years or 15 years or something like that. I want to see legislative changes in Jefferson City uh, so these types of abuses cannot happen. To just put this in perspective, uh, the city of St. Louis has about 86 uh, CIDs. Statewide, there are 400. Okay. Uh, and we find abuses across the state. Um, and I want to see legislative changes so we can reduce the conflict of interest. We can have uh, better representation on these public boards. And that sales tax cannot be charged in perpetuity for vague spending and vague purposes. We're talking to State Auditor Nicole Galloway. We need to take a quick break. We'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. And now back to our conversation with State Auditor Nicole Galloway. Do you have a question or comment for the auditor? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And we have received some questions from our listeners based on what we were talking about in in the first half of our conversation. One of them is from GT, um, who writes in our Facebook group, Will Auditor Galloway commit to working with Missouri legislators to reform special taxing district? At today's TIF commission meeting, that's tax increment financing, um, a sort of similar thing to what we were just talking about in depth, um, the St. Louis Development Corporation repeated its policy of encouraging developers to utilize CIDs and TDDs for TIF projects. The developers control such districts. Nicole Galloway, what would you say to that question? Absolutely. We have worked with uh, Republican legislators to create change when it comes to these special taxing districts. Uh, Years ago, my office could not audit these taxing districts unless there was a petition from voters within the district. And as I just explained, they're so often drawn with no voters. And so they were a black hole. They escaped the sunlight. They escaped accountability. And we worked with the legislature to change that law, and it was signed into law. And I was very proud of that. And that has led us to the path where we are right now, where we're auditing these taxing districts and finding out what the issues are. And as we uncover them, uh, we are reaching out to legislators. And reaching out to us because they want to see change, right? We want to protect the taxpayers in this state. Some of the things that I would like to see as far as legislative changes uh, is um, making sure that there is some diversity on these boards, meaning that they're not totally controlled by the developer or the property owner. Mm. I also want to see that these have to be approved um, by a governing body over a period of time, meaning you can't charge a sales tax in perpetuity for almost no purpose. And then it's very difficult for taxpayers to have any say uh, on what is happening within those taxing districts at any period of time. So Uh, this would maybe be something where it would have to come up for renewal? Right. Or it would phase out over time? That is correct. That is correct. I also want to see the CID uh, statute changed because right now it can be a vague purpose, any improvement within the district. Well, as we have seen, like in Van Buren, uh, down in Carter County, where we just released an audit there, uh, the governing board 
uh, illegally used about $300,000, took $10,000 uh, of taxpayer money and built a beer cave, right? That is not a community improvement district uh, or, or in a community improvement. And so there has to be changes to strengthen these laws of how the tax dollars are being spent on the front end. Okay. And those are changes you'd like to see the legislature take on. Yes. And we'll work on. Yes. Um, so as you mentioned, as we just began our conversation, this is part of a much bigger audit that's going to look at uh, pretty much everything across the city of St. Louis. And as you said, this is just kind of the beginning. What comes next in your efforts to get a handle on this giant entity? Right. So we do have some um, uh, audits that are forthcoming. As I mentioned, we're doing tax abatements and TIFs. We also have the Board of Aldermen, the uh, Comptroller, the Treasurer, Slate. All those audits uh, are underway and will be released uh, in the first half of next year. All of those in the first half? We have released some uh, already. They have not gotten a significant amount of uh, attention because uh, they're in um, the divisions or departments within the city. So IT, personnel, supplies. You know, we were asked to take a deep dive into every part of the city of St. Louis. And uh, when I accepted that invitation by the Board of Aldermen, I was very candid and said, it's going to take two years. And there are going to be 26 or so audit reports that will be released to um, to shine a light on all these different city operations and departments. You can see that IT might be a little less sexy than something like the operations of the police department or something that interfaces more with the public. Public safety, that is also ongoing. Um, But uh, I do really appreciate cybersecurity and good controls around uh, IT. So don't downplay it. It's important. It's good that we have people who geek out over this important stuff, even if those of us reading the reports maybe don't bother to do an entire show about it on St. Louis on the Air. That public safety um, part of the audit that you mentioned, that's obviously a huge deal. Um, Are you going to look at just basic things like operations or are you also going to look at, you know, some of the complaints that have come out of things like police shootings and and residents being upset about some of the operations of that department? We are looking at the operations within the Department of Public Safety and the programs that they run. Um, You know, one of the concerns that uh, brought this audit on was the use of overtime. And so we are looking at personnel policies there. You have to recall that um, there's uh, there's been a change in the public safety department. It is now under local control within the city. And so this is the first audit that has been done uh, with this new governance or oversight within uh, public safety. And so what kind of timeline are you on for that being finished? You say it's currently underway? It is. Um, you know, I, I believe that it will, again, that's one that will be uh, released in the first half of next year. Okay. So that'll mm-hmm. be coming soon. Yes. Um, we also heard from a number of listeners today. Everybody has the pet project that they want to make sure you're going to include in this audit. But we did hear from a number of people who are asking about the airport privatization process. Is that something that your audit's going to get into? We will audit the airport. That was done uh, several years ago um, when this audit was, uh, when the city was uh, first audited, I think back in 2010. Um, You know, we have been paying attention to what is happening uh, with the privatization and the process that is underway. You know, I will say it is hard to see where this is going right now. And I know that there are a lot of questions. I don't know where the conclusion is going to be on this process that the city is undertaking right now. Um, And so 
you know, for I think it's important to understand that for our audits, um, we take a rear view, a look in the rear view mirror, right? We look at what has happened uh, already in the decisions made around that process. And so when we initiate that audit, we'll have to see where they are uh, in this total process. But I, I absolutely understand the questions that citizens have uh, surrounding um, what the city is undertaking right now. So depending on what happens in that process, that may be something that falls into the airport audit or that you take a closer look at. Right. It, I, I think we don't know where this process is going. We don't know when the when the conclusion or the final decision is. Um, and so, you know, we have to, uh, when we conduct an audit, we can't be as forward thinking, I think, as folks would like us to be because a decision hasn't been made, right? A, the process hasn't been completed. Um, and so we're absolutely looking at this. That's a no-brainer. Okay. Well, in addition to all of this work in auditing the city of St. Louis, which feels like a full-time job in and of itself, <laughs> um, and in addition to all the other audits that you're responsible for all around the state, you are also running uh, to become governor of this state. And this feels a bit like an uphill battle just in terms of how the state has turned very strongly Republican. You'd be running as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it's going to take for a Democrat to win the governor's office back? You know, I proved in 2018 that a Democrat can win statewide. Um, you know, we outperformed uh, the top of the ticket by 12 points, and I am proud of that. And the reason I believe that is is because I went everywhere in this state and talked to working families and understood what issues matter for them and let them know that I am fighting for them. It's my job to hold Jefferson City and politicians accountable. And right now in Jefferson City, if you are well-connected, if you are an insider, you get what you want. Meanwhile, Missouri families feel like they are left behind and that when people make decisions, like the governor makes a decision, uh, it doesn't include them. The consequences and and what happens as a result of that decision does not include them. Do you think the governor is engaging in cronyism? Is that... Is that sort of what you're saying there about how well-connected people are doing well in Jefferson City? Uh, that They certainly are. I mean, it, you know, it, um, he has been in Jefferson City for decades. Uh, he's part of the old way of doing things. When looking for solutions to some of Missouri's greatest problems, he continuously reaches to the past, to the same insiders that have gotten us to the point where we are right now. Do you want to give us an example of that? I mean, think about, you know, think about health care. Health care when no matter where I travel in the state, urban, rural areas, people are talking about the terrible uh, quality of health care in the state right now because 100,000 kids have been kicked off their health insurance by the governor. We have not expanded Medicaid like so many Republican governors have done. And that means that there's a quarter million working Missourians that do not have access to health care or health insurance. That is unacceptable and we shouldn't have to settle for this. Yet the insiders in Jefferson City are deciding deciding this is the way it should be. Well, Missouri State Auditor Nicole Galloway, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you. And good luck to you both in this audit and as you try to retake a state house in a state that it's gone very red. So you've got some challenges on both fronts. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.